welcome to another exciting podcast from Sydney Life Church. And now, here's Pastor Tom Ingalls. Just before I start, and I'll do a short sermon for you because it's been a long day, but I, I want Pastor Jim to come up and just, uh, he said he's got a word for the church, so I want to hear that. But also, I just wanted him to uh, just quickly just update us on AFCM conference. It really went very well. I was excited for him seeing the numbers that was there. So, Pastor Jim, let's, uh, let's hear from you. Let's give him, have him a great hand. Thank you, Pastor Tom. Well, you know, uh, Pastor Tom has said we're in a new season, and I'll share a little bit about that in a moment. And uh, we definitely have our conference this year was just amazing. We really did step into another level. Uh, we had uh, our own members and uh, people that were associated with. We don't bring in a big name preacher. I don't mind people that do that, but I've never been into that. I love hearing from our own company and our own people. And, uh, and we had Pastor Tom come. And uh, some of the themes that came through was on prayer and worship and relationship with the Lord. And uh, I could not stress it uh, enough myself at our conference as I would do here because one of the things that, uh, that I've, I've seen is relationship with the Lord is going to be very powerful in the days ahead. You will get washed away if you don't have a relationship with the Lord in worship because there are so many things happening in the world now. You will be distracted both in your own life, personal as well as uh, things that are happening in the world. You have to have a relationship with the Lord. And so that came out very strong in the conference. And the other thing that really took us to another level was the area of souls. And it's something that the Lord laid on my heart uh, many years ago, and I've been on a journey that's really opening up a whole lot of things all over the world for us. It's affecting this church. It's affecting other churches. And uh, one of the things I did a little bit of research to find out there's about 2.17 billion uh, believers on the earth right now and uh, Warren I think brought this out and gave me this I have to ask him where he got this figure from but he said three percent of the body of Christ is in the fivefold ministry three percent of the 2.17 or whatever this was 65 million people there's still over five billion people that need to hear the gospel and so what came out is that if we're going to reach the world it cannot be done with the, just the fivefold ministry we'll never do it it can only be done if, when God uses the greatest resource that he has, and that's you, the believer, empowered by the Spirit of God to go out into your world and to reach uh, the lost in your world. And that's going to bring in the greatest harvest. We are in the most exciting time in planet Earth because God's empowering his people. We have started to see an increase now. A few years ago, pastors didn't even want to talk to us about this. And, uh, but now pastors are talking to us. Come and uh, teach our people. And uh, we need to do this. And uh, thank goodness in our church here, we really value Pastor Tom and the relationship we have with him and our church here, that uh, Pastor Tom saw this, picked it up, and is running with it. And, uh, you know, we, 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 we're partnering together in how we can do this. Now, one of the things that came out is that, uh, that we put up here a few, uh, a, a month or so ago. And what was interesting is when I talked to pastors, now, now hear me right, nobody knew who, how many people had been saved in their world. It was almost embarrassing, and it was doubly embarrassing because when I was pastoring, I didn't know either. And yet it should be the number one thing on our heart uh, is, is souls coming into the kingdom of God. Now you'll notice it's gone up another two this week. And uh, Kate in India got uh, two people saved. 
And uh, so this is going to go up. I'm looking for those figures to go into the hundreds and then to the other level. Now let me just tell you something else that took place. Because suddenly I realized that even as a group, we have no idea what is happening. People were not even highlighting people getting saved. I did uh, the weekend, well, no, last weekend, was it I? I lose track of time. Last weekend we, we did some training in a church. And because I asked the pastor how many people had been, tra- uh, been saved, he had no idea. So we said, well, let's put this board up in your church. Well, the very next day, we did the training on Saturday, the next day, the numbers started to go up and increase. And so what we're doing now, we're putting on our website, uh, on the front of our website, I haven't put up yet, I'm just working on it now. We're going to put up there, everybody that we're connected with, we're going to say to them, let us know how many people are saved. We're going to put it up on the website. And eventually we'll combine, uh, I think, Pastor, where we'll have a little section on your website. I'm thinking of trying to do something generic so it's not under our name because it's not, nothing to do with us. But uh, we want to be able to do it for the body of Christ. How many people are being saved? Now, just to let you know, angels in heaven get real excited. They shout. That's the only thing they shout about. They get really excited. Not only that, God says, God grabs a book and he writes it down. He gets so excited, he writes this down. And I guarantee God can tell you he's got a number beside who the last one. And he can probably, hey, angels, that's two million since Jesus went to the cross. Or three billion uh, or four billion or whatever it is. God knows how much, but we didn't know. Man, I, I was shocked when I suddenly realized this. And so this, is, this came out of our, our conference. This has been developing. It's came out of our association here and our working here with Pastor Tom. And uh, so this is, look, God gave me a word. And I'm not very big for getting up front. I said, Lord, if this is you. Then I went and spoke to Pastor Tom, and then my big mouth opened up and said, I've got a word for <laughs> the church this morning. Though well, that sorts that out. Because now here's the word. And God said to me, Jim, I want you to stand up there in your apostolic calling and ministry and give this word for the church now this is what the lord said to me now i had a word for pastor tom a few weeks ago i gave it to him privately we we just sat over there you may remember this and i said tom i've got a word for you the lord has said to tell you that you're going to another level because you have been faithful in the things that god called you to do when it looked like it wasn't working and when it looked like it was and god has found you faithful And so you're about to walk into another dimension beyond anything that you have uh, seen or experienced or even believing for because God's going to expose your ministry to a greater level of people. Now the Lord said to me today to speak this into the church because church, God's saying this to you as a group of people that you have been faithful even in times when it looks like it hasn't been working but you've stood faithful. And the, God said, I, and the Lord said, I've seen your faithfulness and I'm about to take the church into another level beyond anything that you could have ever asked for or believed for. And I'm about to expose you to the nations and take you to a level that you have not seen before. So the Lord would say this in two areas. One, as a church, you're about to move into things that you have never seen and never done before. The supernatural, the miraculous, or suddenly the impossibles of God are going to be there. This will be there as a corporate 
church but it'll be there for you in your life and the Lord would say that as you continue to press in even as you heard the testimony this morning when it looks like it's not working the Lord says I am working on your behalf and I'm about to do in the body of Christ things that will exceed anything that you have ever seen or heard before to a point where it will become exposure to governments and to media and to the forces all over the world will have to notice what I'm about to do and so church you are going to be a part of this because you have been faithful so get ready do not doubt do not hold back and this is another thing I believe the Lord says don't miss coming to church because this is the time when we celebrate the things that God is doing and we're going to have some crazy services is all I can say when you've got people uh, where's where's Philip and and Pastor Tom and and just some of you here we're going to have some crazy services this is what the Spirit of God is saying to me that are going to just release you into your calling and what God is going to do and that we're going to see miraculous the, the supernatural miraculous in your world that you're going to move out in the power of the Holy Spirit as you never have before. You may have dreamed about this. You may have thought about this. You may have prayed about it. Some of you haven't prayed about it. It doesn't make any difference. You're going to enter into it because it's God, not you. And it's going to be supernatural. It's going to, you're going to be empowered. You know, you're going to have a boldness that you've never had before. You're going to be able to talk to people that you've always wanted to talk to, but you didn't know how to talk to. But God's going to give you a supernatural utterance. You're going to lay hands on people, and you may not even feel anything, but God will be there, and the supernatural will come forth. And we're not going to be able to contain what God is going to do. It's going to explode to such great dimensions that we're just going to be in awe, and it's going to be a holy awe. It's going to be a holiness that's going to come into the body of Christ like we have never seen before. You won't want to sin anymore because you won't want to do anything to stop what God's doing because you will want to be used in a powerful way. This is a supernatural time because God is opening a door in the realm of the Spirit and it's time now. He says, church, come in, come in, come in to my presence. Come into the things that I've called you to do because now is the season. It's my time. It's my day. And I've called you to be a part of this and you have been prepared for such a time as this because you have been faithful and you're about to step into it. So just as the pastor has stepped into it, now it's your turn to step into it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Praise God. That's awesome. There's just uh, so much this morning that is just confirmation on what I'm going to speak about. It's just amazing. But thank you for that, Pastor Jim. at the end of the meeting, I'm, uh, I'm taking up an offering for Kim. And remember, I told you last week, I really felt led of the Spirit to do something for Kim and for his wife, Jane. Kim is still in ICU, and um, um, his PA texted me this week and said um, he'll, he'll be in there for a little bit of time before they move him to the normal, um, whatever it's called, the normal ward. Um, so... So it might be a bit of a, a slow process, this. We don't know. Um, however, I really, um, I really felt led to, to take up an offering for him in our church. And I did mention to you, we put a video. Warren helped me do that. I put a video together, and I sent it to them. And I said, you know, I, I really feel there's pastors, there's hundreds if not thousands of pastors who follow him. 
There's hundreds of thousands of people who follow him. And I felt led to, uh, led to make a plea and just say, you know what, this is a time for all of us to, to really help. So I sent it. I said, guys, if you don't want to use it, that's no problem, but our church is going to do something. Anyway, they contacted me, and um, it was screened, I believe, this morning. So there could be hundreds of thousands of people have watched that this morning while we were celebrating here. And I'm just trusting God that uh, finances will come in to help them because um, there's finances for the ministry, but there's finances for Kim and Jane to cover all these these medical costs. So, um, But you know what? It's the same as always. Guys, never ever feel any condemnation if you don't want to give to anything. Honestly, from my side, that's okay. But if you do, this is an opportunity for us to do that. I know Barbara and I, we, we, uh, we want to take the opportunity. So we'll do that at the end. And um, I felt led to do it. And I'm trusting God that a lot of money will come in today through this broadcast. Um, I challenge churches to give. I challenge businesses to give. And there must be thousands of them out there that can help them at this time. And the thing that I said was, you know, the last thing I would want is for Kim to waken up from this and to have any financial pressure. That's the last thing you want when you've just gone through something like that. So um, that's not going to happen. And you'll be able to, you'll probably be able to see if you go into Kim's website and see the latest download, um, you'll probably see what it was all about. Well, praise God. Thanks for your patience. How are we doing for time? I know you guys love your tea, but the word is more important. Amen. Last week... Last week I said, um, I preached on, with man it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. And we said there, it means that, um, you know, when you move into that realm, you're moving into a realm which is supernatural. One of the other uh, translations says, the living Bible, but with God everything is possible. The Philip says, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God anything is possible. So uh, the King James talks about all things are possible. So here's the three translations, and what it's saying is, all things are possible, everything's possible, anything is possible. And I mentioned that when you, when you move into that realm, I mean, God wants, God wants you to operate and get stuff that the other guys can't get. Come on now, help me here. I don't want to stand alone here. But I mean, He wants you to, it's, it's your inheritance to get stuff that the people in the world cannot get. How come, how come they're walking in divine health? How come they got that miraculous healing? How come did you get that job? How come a couple of guys are, are offering you jobs? How come? Well, because you pray. There was something different about you that the other guy cannot get because your, your, your privileged position is that you're a child of the living God and you have an inheritance and God's saying, have whatever is in the book. If it's in the book, you can have it. But if you cannot find it, you cannot have it. You know the story, right? And so we talked about that last week with God. All things are possible. I told you last week, you enter into the quantum realm. You enter into the world of possibilities. It's incredible. And also I gave you the scripture last week. The angel came to Mary and basically the angel said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Um, he told her she was going to have a child. And she said, let it be unto me according to your word. So everything goes back. So all possibilities, everything possible in your life is locked up in this word. 
Your possibilities are all locked up in here. Everything is possible for you. But you've got to find it in this book. You've got to believe it. You've got to declare it. You've got to speak it. Amen? So I want to just develop that a little bit more for a few minutes here. When I was a little boy uh, in Scotland, <clears throat> I, I, I used to, we used to get buses everywhere because none of our family had cars. So it was buses everywhere. And I remember, uh, I would, I would, we used to call it get down the town. It was get down the shops. Get down the town with, with my mum because my dad was working. Get down the town with my mum. And, uh, and I always remember, man, we used to have to wait for the bus back. And uh, it was like I'd stand there in the freezing, rainy, cold weather. Where's the bus, mum? I remember. Where's the bus, mum? And she'd say, the bus is coming. It'll be here in half an hour. I always remember, because it was every half hour those buses run. And if you missed the bus, it was like you're standing there in the rain and the freeze. Not the whole time, but most of the time. <laughs> you're standing there. And, 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 Mom, when's the bus coming? It'll be here in half an hour. So we used to wait there for this bus. And sometimes the bus was late. Sometimes the bus never came. You know, I mean, we, we lived in a, a little kind of village area. So, you know, it, it, it reminds me of our faith. Because most people quit just before there's a breakthrough. Most people quit the last half hour. Just when the bus is about to come, it's like, let's start walking. I've done that before. I actually remember doing that. Fed up. This bus is not coming. I'm just going to walk. It was about an hour's walk back to where we live. But I'm fed up waiting for this bus. The bus, and you would, I remember doing this once or twice. I would walk because I was fed up about the bus. And I just start walking. I'm about 150 yards up the road and the bus passes me by. <laughs> you ever been in that? It's like, she's why didn't I wait? The bus was coming. But I was just impatient. And that reminds me of our faith because sometimes that's exactly how we operate. And the, the, the sermon today, I was struggling to get a sermon this week. I don't pull out sermons from old. I've done hundreds and hundreds of sermons. I don't pull out old sermons for you. I actually try and get a word from God. Sometimes it's just a word. Sometimes it's a line. Sometimes it's a thought. Sometimes it's a picture. And I spent hours this week, I said to the Lord, I know the theme, but I, 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 and it was something else I'm going to speak later. But uh, I was struggling to get something. And we had a meeting we. Um, Warren and Bernice and Warren Bernice made a statement and when she made it she probably didn't realize it but I wrote it down and I thought that's my sermon and she said this and I forget the context she says when nothing seems to be happening God is busy and I thought that's my sermon man and that's already come up a, a couple of times today when nothing seems to be happening come on man I'm waiting for the bus right nothing's happening do you know what? The bus was actually on its way. It had left the bus depot already. It was already coming my way. But because of my impatience, I start walking up the hill in the rain, waiting for the bus. And then you see that bus going by and you think, why didn't I wait? If I would have just waited a few more minutes. That last half hour is the most difficult. When nothing seems to be happening, that is when God is busy. When nothing seems to be happening, that is when the devil 
is busy. Because he'll be telling you, man, just start walking. The bus is not coming. <laughs> the, the buses are on strike today. Did you ever get that? <laughs> oh, the, the bus drivers are having a strike. So, so the buses are not coming. So the devil will tell you this. He'll tell you that. You're never going to get your healing. You're never going to get your breakthrough. Look how long you've waited, man. Look at how many people have prayed for you. You're never going to get it. And we often succumb to that. But I'm telling you, just see that last half hour through. The devil is a liar, man. He'll say to you, you know, you didn't pray long enough. You didn't pray hard enough. You didn't worship the way you should have. The last half hour is when your faith is working its hardest. The last half hour is when your faith is bringing things and circumstances into alignment. The last half hour is when your faith is bringing people to make the right decisions concerning you. The last half hour is when God is setting the angels to put the finishing touches to things concerning you. You might say, Pastor Tom, it's too hard. Do you know what I want to say to you today? The last half hour is supposed to be hard. You didn't like that, did you? The last half hour is supposed to be hard. The last half hour is not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be hard. Because in that last half hour, everything in the spiritual realm is coming to a climax. In that last half hour, God is putting everything together ready to release something supernatural. In that last half hour, the devil is active with his demon hordes trying to put you off and trying to distract you and trying to discourage you. So that last half hour is when everything in the spiritual realm is moving very fast. Your last half hour. I want to say this to you, that the bus is going to come. James 1 And just don't go there, but just to save time. James 1, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various temptations. Or there's other translations of that, but various trials or temptations or whatever it may be. And so so when you go through that, that last half hour, when you want to give up, that is the very time when you should operate in joy. I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to be joyful. Why? Because when God seems to be doing nothing, He's busy doing something. Oh, come on. Can you imagine God saying, you know what, let let them just walk. Forget the bus. Let them just walk. Can you imagine God saying, you know, I'm actually tired of this whole business. I'm tired of you getting frustrated walking up the hill without the bus. I'm just going to leave you. I'm the bus driver. I'll just go another route. Can you imagine how crazy? Just leave them standing there. I'm tired of this. Can you imagine God ever getting to that place? God, God says, okay. Just a little story. God says, okay. I'm driving the bus again. I just hope he doesn't leave. It's almost like God saying, just wait there. I'm on my way to get you. We'll get you up the hill. Just don't move. Don't walk away. Don't do your own thing. The bus is always in time. So what do you do? You be joyful. 
I don't feel like being joyful. But be joyful. I don't feel like being faithful. Be full of faith. It's supposed to be hard. The last half hour is always hard. (laughs) The last half hour is the darkest time. But your bus is coming. James 1.3 says this, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So how is your faith tested then? Your faith tested is tested with patience. Just wait for the bus. Hallelujah. In other words, God has got it, for God to prove your faith, there's got to be patience. For God to prove your faith, come on man, this is not going to come easy, but when it comes it's going to be glorious. There's got to be some hardship. The hardship is in the patience, waiting, developing, knowing that God will never give up on you. That's the hardest part. Never give up on you. God is always on time. It may seem a little late for you, but God is always on time. I mean, I wrote this down. How is your faith tested when there's no evidence that the bus is coming? How would God test your faith if you didn't go through something like this? How would your faith be tested if there wasn't opportunity for doubt? There would be no way that you're... But God says, you know what? I I want you to trust me. I want you to know that I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never miss you. I'm not going to let you down. It's impossible for me to do that. I will never let you down. I will never walk away. I'll always be there. And so God's saying, I want you to develop patience. I want you, while you're waiting for me, to develop joy. It may seem like I'm going to be a little longer than you thought... But the bus is coming. I'll never let you go. I'll never disappoint you. I'll never discourage you. That's the last half hour. It says in in verse 1, in verse 4 of James 1, it says, But let patience of its perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. So between faith working and nothing lacking is patience. God's plan is nothing lacking. But in His patience... To achieve it in your life. Now turn to John chapter 11. And let's read this. We'll go through this quickly. John 11. John 11. So say it with me. My bus is coming. You won't forget that, will you? My bus is coming. Okay. I'm just going to get through a few scriptures here. Just really quickly. Because I want to show you this. How this operated. Even in the life of Jesus. It says there in uh, chapter 11 of John. And we're going to read from verse 1 to verse... Seven. Let's read that together. It says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary, it was that Mary who, who was anointed, who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Verse 4. When Jesus heard that, He said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed there two more days. 
He wasn't in a rush. In the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. And if you read in between, it wasn't a good place to go because they wanted to kill him. And so in the natural, he should have been running. He should have left everything and run to Lazarus. In the natural. Verse 11, go to verse 11. These things he said, and after he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may awake him. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he was speaking about taking a rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. What? What's wrong with you, Thomas, man? I mean, we're talking about life. But can you see? Let, let's, just, let's just go. Well, why don't we all go die? Why don't we all just give up? Because we don't see any results. And listen, it's far too late. He's been dead for a couple of days. He should have been over there already. Why don't we just all die? It's a wonder Thomas actually lasted any length of time with Jesus. You know? But Jesus, Jesus never told him to, to quit. He just, you know, he was patient with him. But the point is this, that Thomas was speaking death over the situation. When you think it's too late, I guarantee you, when you think it's too late, you will start to speak death over your situation. Unless you know it's never too late. Now, I want you to get this picture in your mind. The bus is coming. Don't speak death over your situation. Speak life. Speak life. Speak life. Verse 32. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mary thought it was too late. She thought it was too late. Thomas thought it was too late. Verse 33. However, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Verse 35. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could, this, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? So there was a crowd. There was people there who thought Jesus was too late. Verse 38, then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he's been dead for four days. Now Martha pitches in, and she also says it's too late. So there's a whole series. I'd never seen this before until this week. There's a whole series of people, Thomas, Martha, Mary, the crowd, were all saying, basically, it's too late. The guy's dead. But Jesus did not think it was too late. Because Jesus had a plan. Like he's got a plan for your life. It is never, ever too late with God. He will always come in time. You might think it's too late, like these guys did. But it is never too late. Jesus said to her in verse 40, 
Did I not say that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Did I not say that by Jesus' stripes you were healed? Did I not say that I would deliver you from all trouble? Did I not say that I would protect you from all evil? That's what he said. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. If you believe, you're going to have your breakthrough. You will have your breakthrough. Then he took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. I thank you that you heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice. Lazarus, come forth. He made the command. And he who died came out bound hand and foot with grave, grave clothes. And his face was wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. So be, between prayer and answered prayer, Jesus gave thanks. Now, now you, you need to do this then. That is what I'm talking about when it's about expressing joy. It is that thankfulness. This is a key. It is that thankfulness that God has heard you. Amen? That he's actually, and he heard you the first time. We don't have to keep going back to God begging. God, did you hear me? Nothing's happening. He heard you the first time. (laughs) So the power then lies in thanking him that he's actually heard you. Jesus says, I know that you've heard me. But then Jesus did something. I'm going to show you as we, as we bring this to a close in the life of David. Uh, how we go through stuff. Because David went through the same stuff as what I'm talking about this morning. Jesus then gave the command. And the dead man came forth. It was not too late. The six, I don't know how many there is. Something like six trillion cells in the body. When you're dead, none of those cells are operating. Six trillion cells came to life. Just like that. When everybody thought it's too late, the doctors would have said it's too late. Six trillion cells, gone. Never come back to life. Jesus says, it's okay, boys. Uh, I am the resurrection and the life. If anybody can do this, I can do this. Because with man, it may be impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. When you're dealing with me, the bus driver, as it were, I am God. And I will make all things possible. Just trust me. Just wait for me. Don't walk away and try and get home on your own. The bus is coming. Now watch this. Turn on your Bibles as we close with this to Psalm 6. Because this, I was led to go there as we, as we bring this to your close, Psalm 6 brings this out so powerfully. One of the greatest men, if not the greatest Old Testament saint. And in Psalm 6, it is a very powerful, powerful dichotomy, I think is the word. Because if you read it, we won't read all of it. But if you read it, I mean, David is just fed up. David is actually thinking the bus is not coming. David. He's kind of given up. And if you read it, 
from verses 1 to verse 7. I'll just, I'll just paraphrase it because of your time. David is tired. He says he's sick. He says he's weak. He said he's crying. It's like, God, you're not coming. Then all of a sudden, David must have says, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's the wrong attitude. Really, you can read it when you go home. That is the wrong attitude. If you read that psalm, complaining, mourning, negative confession, all of that stuff, and all of a sudden, the lights come on. It's like David says, wait a minute. And then something profound happens. And I want you to watch very carefully. Underline this in your Bibles when you go home. From verse 8, he says, he wakens up. Is it where? And he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. He does exactly what Jesus did when he got to the grave. And he commanded, he commanded life to come. David says, wait a minute. All this complaining and moaning, none of that is going to help me. All this giving up attitude, none of that is going to help me. What I'm going to do is, I'm going to change all of this. All of a sudden he realized, hey, wait a minute. I'm a child of God. Old Testament saying, but he got it. I am a child of God and I've got some authority here. I'm the man right now. I'm going to speak to the enemy. And then look, I love this portion of scripture. He says, depart from me. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. I'm commanding you, you go. He didn't even have the name of Jesus. We got that name. You go in Jesus' name. I love it. He says, for the Lord, the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all my enemies be ashamed. Shame on you, devil, trying to make me give up. Shame on you that you would try and make me leave the bus stop and walk on my own without waiting for the bus driver. And I say that reverently. The most high God, the most powerful God, the one who created the whole universe, the one who holds everything in his hand. How dare you? You should be ashamed. Be ashamed. Because I'm standing on the word of God. I am standing my ground because I am a child of the living God. I rebuke you. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. For the Lord has heard the cry of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. And then he goes on and he says this. Let all my enemies be ashamed and greatly troubled. Be greatly troubled. Do you know when you stand in the word of God, when you don't give up, The enemy is greatly troubled by that. Because you're supposed to give up. So instead of you being troubled, the enemy becomes troubled. I love that. I love that. Instead of you being shaken, he's shaken. Instead of you trembling in in your boots, he's trembling in his boots. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. For the Lord has heard the cry of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Be ashamed and greatly troubled. Let them turn back and be ashamed suddenly. Suddenly. I'll close with this. The message translation says, Get out of here, you devil's crew. Get out of here. At last, God has heard my sobs. 
My requests have all been granted. My prayers are answered. Cowards, my enemies disappear. Come on, man. Disgraced, they turn tail and run. Why? Because with man, it is impossible. But not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Thank you, Lord. This has been another podcast from Sydney Life Church. For more teaching and resources, please head to our website, sydneylifechurch.com.